You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. All right, glory to God. So we're talking about real faith. So the Bible talks about Paul's talking to Timothy, and he talks about the unfeigned faith that was in Grandma Lois and Mama Eunice is also in you. Unfeigned means real faith. Everybody say, I got real faith. Well, so if there's real faith, then the King James says unfeigned faith, and there's feigned faith, meaning that there is then fake faith, and there's everything in between. Remember, even Jesus said, you know, um, he wanted true worshipers. So if there's true worshipers who worship him out of, his, out of their heart and out of their mouth, then also there's false worshipers. And you may understand false worshipers, but there's also everything in the middle. And so we're trying to um, find out what real faith is. Now, what I'm teaching this, and I know it's been good. I've had more people talk about the revelation and just how good it seems to them. But what I, I want to caution everybody who's been around for a while, don't tune it out. And also, um, let's just see if there's anything religious about us um we you know we tend to we all like we're not religious we're not religious well we need to be careful because even us the traditions of men make the word of god of no effect in your life and so we need to be careful anything that's tradition we're willing to let it go or even if somebody who we love and revere taught us something that wasn't exactly Scripture or they didn't have full revelation yet. You know, even the Apostle Paul, remember when he talked, the first time he talked about the armor, he only gave two parts, right? And most three, because I, I, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but he only gave partial revelation of something the Lord obviously was dealing with him about, and then he gave full revelation of it in Ephesians. So how many of you know we can grow? Amen. Are you ready to grow? I want real faith. You see, I've been doing this for 30 plus years, but I still want to learn. I still want to grow. I want to obtain the promises of God yes, that are yes and amen. I want to learn how to receive everything that the Lord has for me. And so I'm still learning and I'm still growing. So we talked about out of Romans 10, 17. How does faith come? By hearing and so faith doesn't just come by physical hearing, right? Faith doesn't just come by physical hearing. Um, it takes more than that. Number one, you got to mix faith with what you heard. That's what we, hear, what we see in Hebrews 4. So you got to mix faith with it. That's interesting. In order to get faith, you got to mix faith. <laughs> but you got to be receptive in your heart. And so faith comes by hearing. I believe that's physical. It's got to fall on your ear. You got to see it. You got to do that. But then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema. Everybody say rhema. What's a rhema? Rhema is uh, the word of God made alive. It's a spoken word. It, it, it's something that the Holy Ghost reveals to you. And then that word uh, uh, and hearing by the word of God, that, that word God really is Christos. And so that's the anointed one. And so the anointing, on the Word of God. And so we've been talking about that. Now, so again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep hammering this. I'm, I'm, I feel myself going fast, so I'm going to slow down because we're going to be here a while. And you'll all be back next Wednesday, right? And so we're just going to, you know, we're going we're gonna to get this because um, it would be a shame not to get all the promises. Wouldn't it? If he, provide, if he went to such a great effort to die, to come, to die, to take all our sins, all our sickness, to become poor so that we could become rich, to leave his peace and his joy and his victory and not receive it all. And you know what? If you haven't yet walked in the fullness I don't know many people who have. There's always more to get. Amen. So I want to get some more. Amen. So I'm going to hear. And really, you know, faith doesn't come by what you heard yesterday. So you need to be uh, hearing the anointed word of God. Amen. And so we left off, you know, we're, we're talking about that. But we left off with then how does, and I want this is what I want to hammer into you. The written word of God is the logos. Uh, some people say it simply, and there's more to it. The spoken word of God is the rhema. 
But I want to tell you this because I've heard people start teaching on Rhema and they make me a bit nervous. Because then they start teaching people, well, you know, you don't know that God wants to heal you until he's spoken to you that he wants to heal you. That is untrue. The Logos is enough on that. Come on, there's nothing greater than the Logos. Jesus was the Word made flesh. Don't ever, if you start hearing people diminish the written Word of God, then you need to get your stuff and get up and get on out of there or hit the unfriend button or the mute button or the shut it off button because the written Word of God, that is God talking to you. And we need to esteem it. He's faithful to it. Amen. And so from the Logos comes the Rhema. And so what I was talking to you when we left the last time is how to get a Rhema from the Logos. Now, I'm going to stick with me because this is where we are, and then I'm going to add some stuff to it, all right? Uh, So once again, I've got way more notes than you're going to get tonight because I'm just so excited about this. I want to get ahead. uh, And and some of you have heard some of these teachings before, and so I can feel you formulating, yeah, but Pastor Mark, what about? Well, you hold off to the whatabouts, and let's just stick here together, all right? Because I know you know stuff. I know you know stuff. But I'm just going to say this again. I know because the Lord has revealed to me, I'm the shepherd. I'm the under-shepherd of this sheepfold. And I know where you're at by the help of the Holy Ghost. I'm not teaching a bunch of people who are just learning about, is it the will of God to heal you? I asked you two weeks ago, almost 100%, and even those watching, I bet 90 upwards percent believe it is the will of God to heal every time. But how many of us walk in divine health? Okay. How many of you believe it's the will of God to prosper you? But are you walking in the fullness? I mean, we're getting there. But how many of you know that Jesus left you his peace? But are you walking in it every day? Okay. You see what I'm saying? So I know where you're at. So I don't have, right now what the Holy Ghost is saying, I know where you are and I understand you know my will, but you cannot believe, I'm going to say it one more time and I keep saying it and and some of you are not quite understanding it and we're going to clear it up a little bit as we go, but you don't believe with your renewed mind. You don't believe with knowledge. Faith is of the heart. Do you need it? You better renew your mind. We're going to get to it hopefully a little bit tonight. Had you better get some knowledge? Because you're going to perish without it. But faith is of the, and you cannot believe. And so what a lot of people, and I think we have to watch, fall in the trap, and maybe it's just me because I've done it for so long. I can feel myself with some things that I've gone through giving more mental assent to it until I get serious about it. I know it's the will of God. So I confess Throw a couple scriptures on it. But you see, it's done out of the head and not the heart, and it does, you don't connect. And after you do that for a few days, you're like, well, what's going on? You might have to get quiet and go, oh, I'm trying to believe God with my mind, even though it's fully renewed or I'm staying renewed. Are you with me? You understanding? I have never said, and don't, nobody better say, Pastor Mark says it's not important to renew your mind because I'll pop you upside the head, all right? All right, how do, we, how do we take the Logos, though, and make it alive? Well, the first thing is found in Joshua 1.8. Oh, my goodness, Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you're going to meditate therein. How long? So that's all day, just Sundays, Wednesdays, especially if you're in Bible Institute on Sunday nights. No, it's every day and every night, and you know that. So what does it mean to meditate? Well, it means to mutter. It means to ponder. Uh, we talked about it last time. I just love this definition. It's really to, uh, it's like, you know, how I grew up on a farm. It's like a, chow, a cow chewing its cud. It, it, you, you know, you take it in, chew it on a little while, then you bring it back up. And then you chew on it some more. I'm sorry. And then you bring it back up. You understand? That is meditation. And uh, I never heard anybody else say this before, but in healing school, Opal talks about this all the time. If you've ever worried, you know how to meditate. If you've ever worried, you know how to meditate. So get rid of your worrying and start replacing it with meditating the Word of God. And so, you know, probably because I come from a line of world champion warriors, I understood that. Because I knew how to worry. 
I knew how to worry. I knew how to think and ponder. And man, I could get pictures of bad stuff and how it was going to turn out. But you change that around. Start meditating the Word of God. Start thinking on the Word of God. Start talking the Word of God. Start seeing the end result. That's meditating. And so how else do you meditate? Well, one of the other ways is talks about the Word of God. Romans 10, 8 says the Word of God is nigh thee. Even in your mouth, the word of God, the word of faith that we preach, right? So, um, you know, sometimes, let me say it to you this way. Sometimes uh, when it's a confession of faith, think of it this way. Um, When Jesus was dealing with the devil in what we call the temptation of Christ. Y'all remember that? Remember Jesus said, it is, that's rhema, if you study it out. That's a two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. There is a place that when in Romans 10, 9, and 10, it says you'll confess with your mouth. That's all the Lord Jesus. That's also rhema. That is, uh, and anytime you're standing against the devil, it's a two-edged, that word uh, distamos is two-mouth sword. God said it first. You say it second, but it's revelation. And so what that'll do, in in Jesus' case, it chased away the devil. Or it's a profession of faith. But then there's, I believe this, and I want to show you something that I was asking the Lord today. I said, so what about confession unto faith? Because I believe that. It's part of meditation. But he asked me, he said, what what does my word say about my word? What do I call it? Well, number one, it's a two-edged sword, right? What else is the word of God called? Uh, Bread, right? Psalmist calls it honeycomb. But what's the fourth one that I didn't say? Does anybody, what else is the word of God called? It's life, but, but it's a seed. The word of God is a seed, isn't it? It's a seed. So we're going to get into that a little bit. When, when you profess or confess unto faith, you're sowing seed. Okay, so we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, so the Word of God has to be in your heart and your mouth. And then I want you to, I want you to turn someplace unique, maybe for this, this, as we're, this teaching. But turn with me to Jude 20. You all know it before you get there. Everybody know what Jude 20 says? What, is, what does it say? Building upon your... So Jude 20. Yeah, just, just one, one chapter right there before Revelation. Jude 20. But you, beloved. So are you his beloved? Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. How'd you get faith? By hearing and hearing the reign of Christos. I don't know of another way to get faith. But I know how to build on my faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, I did this, and I don't usually talk about this much, but I'm talking about how does the logos become a rhema? And what is rhema? A revelation, an enlightenment flooded with light, a revealing, the eyes of the understanding being revealed. First uh, Corinthians 2.9, how God re- God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, but he has revealed a revelation. I don't know how this happened to me because I didn't know it was in the Word. Uh, nobody told me to do it because when I got um, filled with the, came back to the Lord, got filled with the Holy Ghost, I lived in Indianapolis. I tried to go to two or three churches. They were all rude and unfriendly, and I never went back. That's just the truth. About the third one, I just sat in the parking lot and decided never to go. I decided not to go in. And so I would drive two hours home to, my, to that little church where I came back to the Lord in every other weekend so I could go to church. Eventually believed God to move back to my dream job, which I wanted when I was a junior in high school. The Lord allowed it, and I got that job back. But, but that's how I went to church. And then really one of the things of why I kind of harp on you and why we do the way, things the way we do is I don't want anyone ever to walk in this door and feel like this is a bunch of clicks. And I can't help it if some people do it, but it's not my heart, is I want everybody to feel warm and welcome. And everybody, you know, I, I, that's why we talk, to, that's why we have parking lot attendants. I think you all park your own cars in this, but why we have parking lot, that helps some. But I want them to be friendly. When they walk in the front door, I want them to be greeted. I want the ushers to greet them. I want you to greet them. I know even this COVID thing, but, you know, as it wears off, you better get back to hugging and shaking hands. And, I, well, I don't know if you ever want to shake hands. At least give them a fist bump, not in the face, but, but, but a fist bump. A real fist bump, you know what I'm saying? But, I, but 
but so for me, a lot of what I was going to say is this. I did a lot of my initial learning on my own. And, I'm, and not only, I was getting good preaching when I would go home every other weekend, but, but that was it. It was, it was the day of no live stream, no podcasts. It was still, I don't know, I don't think we were at CDs yet. I think we were still at cassettes. You know? So I didn't have all that, and, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, nobody was funneling me Copeland and Hagen stuff yet. So it's kind of me and the Holy Ghost. And so what he inspired me to do was read, because I grew up a little denominational kid, and I knew Noah had a boat. And I knew one prayer. And so as I began to read, I would read a chapter, and he would say, now go back and read that. And on the inside, pray in tongues. I was like, what? And, you know, I started doing it, and I didn't tell anybody I was doing it. And the Word of God started becoming alive to me. And when I would read it, and so how is that scriptural? But you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, I know it's not used that way, but I'm just saying, how do I turn the logos into a rhema? How do I make it? When you pray in the Holy Ghost, what do you think you pray in anyway? The weather's good up there, Lord. It's good down here. You think you're talking about a grocery list? If it's the Holy Ghost, you think you might. I know there's certain situations you might be praying, but the most part, he's not going to do anything, even in other tongues, but talk word. Pray word. Now, don't get crazy silly with it, but even just having two or three scriptures together, read them, pray them, and then just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, building yourself up. Why? Because it's the Holy Ghost in you that's the teacher. Are you with me? Y'all looking at me kind of strange. Are you with me? You understand what I'm saying to do? I'm not saying get weird with it, and I'm not saying you be at work at your desk, read a scripture, and then go shalala, you know, out loud or anything. Okay, you can pray on the you can you can pray in the Holy Ghost on the inside, and even before that, that's kind of what I did. So there's that, and then um, let's talk about this just a little bit before I get into tonight's message. <laughs> um, let's talk about this a little bit. Let's look at Romans 12:1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. We've been talking about this a lot. How do you turn? Let me say it this way. You can't turn a logos into a rhema on your own. This is not about working. Well, I'm just going to read enough and pray in tongues enough and confess enough, and it's going to turn into a rhema because I need a rhema. Listen to me. I'm going to get into this a little bit, but I'm going to give you a preview. The logos itself is enough. The logos itself is enough. It's the word of God. And you're going to find some scriptures. I'm going to show you what it says logos and when it says rhema and show you how they work together. And so I don't want you, well, I didn't get a rhema on it. That's why it didn't happen. No, you got the logos. A rhema is just another thing God does extra so that you can receive from him. Y'all, this is not meant to be hard. Sometimes in teaching this, people make it hard. Was it hard for you to get saved? I mean, maybe you had some roadblocks, but really, you, you finally believed that Jesus was the Son of God and he was raised from the dead. You believed that in your heart and said it out of your mouth, and, and you received. It wasn't a long process. You didn't have to beg. It, didn't, it wasn't a five-year process. I mean, the, when you heard it and you finally believed it, you got it right then, right? So this is another way for the word of God to come alive. So Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies, live and sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, be not conformed to this world. They're trying, aren't they? But be ye metamorphosed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I know people teach this scripture. They mostly use the last part to tell you there's an acceptable will of God, there's a perfect will of God, and there's a good will of God. But really, that's, those, are, those are descriptive languages of the will of God. But let me take you back because it's talking about transforming your mind, and it's talking about being renewed. 
And so, so a lot of times we look at that so you can know the perfect will of God. And so we take that to what city will I live in? What work will I do? Who's, who am I going to marry? How many, you know, how many kids am I? We take it to that will. But really, honestly, it's talking about the word of God. I know that that's not the way you've been mostly taught. But, but in context, because how do you transform your mind? With what do you transform it with? That's the only way you can transform it. He, so he doesn't change subjects. And it's not wrong to teach it the other way. But in context, what will is he talking about? So, so f- have you ever heard me say this? Faith begins where the... Your mind... I remember when I first heard that Jesus heal, heals all the time, I'm like, say what? I didn't even think that was available today. And he heals everybody? Then why are they sick? So I had to transform my mind with 1 Peter 2.24, Galatians 3.13 and 14, Matthew 8.17. I had to go back into Isaiah, and I had to begin to transform my mind. Even if my heart was like, "Uh uh-huh, that's right, my mind was like, "Uh uh-uh, that's wrong. Now, you can believe God in your heart, Brother Hagin said this, with, with, with um, you know, your mind messing with you because faith is of the heart. But I teach this in my um, uh, in, uh, Bible Institute about you're a three-part being. You are a, you have a, and you live in a, and your body will go crazy. But your soul, the middle part of you, is the determining factor on how you live. Because your spirit doesn't want to be alone because if your soul is crazy and you're carnal, then your body wins. But if you transform your mind with the renewing of the word of God, then your spirit man is in charge and your body's got to shut up and do what you tell it to with some, with some putting under. Come on, if Paul had to crucify his flesh, you're going to have to crucify yours. He said, if I don't crucify my flesh, I'm going to become a castaway, even if I preach to others. Right? So in this context, what am I telling you? How do you meditate the word? How do you take the logos, the written word of God, and make it and let the spirit of God reveal it to you? Well, as you're renewing your mind, as you're going through a transformation, as you're taking the word of God and washing your mind with it, what you are doing is proving what is the will of God. And the word of God is the will of God. And the will of God is described as it's good. It's acceptable. And beyond that, it is perfect. Are you with me? Y'all good? Maybe you haven't heard it that way. But can you see what I'm saying? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your, how do you renew your mind? Only with the word of God. Right? Right? And if someone else, you, you hear somebody, pre- I preach it this way and I'm going to continue to preach it. You, you know, you do that and, the, and, and it'll help you with the will of God concerning, you know, the natural things of your life. It'll help you with, you know, where do I work? Who do I, if you're single, because if you're married, you're married, right? Uh, you know, if you're single, who do I marry? Where do I live? What do I do? What kind of offering do I get? The Lord will help you with that as you transform your mind. But in the, I think in the main setting here, it's saying that as you transform your mind, because faith begins where the will of God is known, as you transform your mind, you're, doing, you're, you're, you're cleansing your mind. But as you're doing that, it's also getting in your heart. It's reinforcing what your spirit man believes, right? So um, the Bible says in Hosea, um, what is it? Hosea, ooh, have we, oh, I tried to skip because I, I know I was running out of time, so I lost my thing. But uh, Hosea 4.6, New Living Translation. My people are being destroyed because they don't know me. Since you priests refuse to know me, I refuse to recognize you as my priests. Since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will forget to bless your children. Oh, that's not good. Hosea 4, 6. Look, look at that. The Amplified Classic. See if it gets any better. Hallelujah. My people are destroyed. Nope, oh, there it is again. My people are what? Whose people? I know this is Old Covenant, but it's still true of us, right? If you don't get knowledge of the word of God, you're going to be But because you, the priestly nation, have rejected knowledge. They did what? They rejected it. And so this is the truth. As you take the word of God to your soul and you cleanse it because, and, and you don't reject it, you accept it, 
You, you understand what I'm saying? What will it do? It will help you as you gain knowledge, as you renew your mind. It's at the same time going to strengthen your spirit, but you're also working on your soul realm. But my point to you is still faith is of the cardia, of the heart. You must renew your mind. You must get knowledge because you don't want to be perishing. And you must renew your mind so you can prove what is the good, perfect, good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Not talking about three different places in the will of God. It's talking about what the will of God is like. It's good. Come on. Is the will of God. So the word of God is good. The word of God is the will of God. You don't have to look any further than the logos to figure out what the will of God is. That will of God is general to your life. Now, sometimes you need a rhema, specific, but you can't get it if you don't know no logos. Does that make sense? No, no logos. Okay, let's start tonight's message. Praise the Lord. I am having more fun than you can ever imagine. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7. We're going to compare and contrast some more logos versus rhema. And then y'all going to come back next week and you're going to bring your friends. Y'all, everybody tuned in. Glory to God. I have not had this much joy in preaching the word for a while. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. I want to show you these are words, these are logos words. So logos is the written word of God. It is what Paul called, um, you know, uh, the loin belt of truth. And how many of the, the, the written word of God should always be esteemed by us. Today, they, they, they you know, a lot of people, you know, um, that, that old book, the Bible, that's, that's, you know, it's not relevant. It's as relevant as it ever been as the one who breathed it out of his mouth. Because this comes from someone who is alive. And he, he'll do it. So Matthew 7, 24. I like this one. It says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, whoever, so you can, hears it, here's these sayings. The word sayings is logos. Whoever hears the logos of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house on a rock. So see, that's, so, so it's not a rhema there. It's a logos. And that logos means when the storm comes, you okay. Because you built your house on a logos. And the, lo the word of God is, is, is like Legos, right? You, you, but I'm building my house on something. I'm building on the written word of God. And when the rains come and when the winds blow, I don't know if you, where you've been living at the last few months, but it ha it's, it, it's the bad rain, it's the bad wind, and it's trying to shake your house. But you won't be shaken if you've built your life on the Logos. And that, my friend, is a constant, consisting, it's called living by faith. It's called living by faith. Let's look at another one. Mark 4, 14. Y'all know this one? This is the parable of the sower. The sower sows the Logos. The sower sows the Logos. You might think that would be rhema. Because if it's going to do you any good, it should be the rhema. But see, the written word of God is, that's it. It's the written word of God. So the sower, Jesus first, but me, you, sowing it into your own life. The sower does what? Sows the logos. So the seed, the seed, sometimes the word of God out of your mouth is a double-edged sword. Sometimes it's bread. Most of the time for you, as you speak the word of God, it's seed. Where does seed need to go? Well, seed needs to, as I'm preaching the word of God, this seed is going into your soil. But what even a better way, you can self-feed and get seed. How do you do it? By speaking the word of God. Amen. Woo, glory to God. I like this one. Acts chapter 6, verse 7. Acts 6, 7. It says, and the logos increased. 
and the logos increase. And the number of the disciples, come on, y'all, if we can just increase the logos, this place is about to double. I believe it's doubling. I believe the body of Christ is doubling. What will do that? The logos of the word of God. Now let's look at some rhema. Uh, Mark 14, 72. Mark 14, 72. And the second time the rooster crowed and Peter called to mind the rhema. What was the rhema? Ooh, remember he said, he's a, you know, tomorrow, son, listen up. Tomorrow, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And what, and what, and remember, remember what I talked about this, I'm going to talk to you about it again. What did Peter try to do? He tried to make a faith confession. Maybe no one's ever said it that way before to you. But that's what he tried to do. He made a faith confession. I'll never. Doesn't sound positive? I'm willing to die with you. Though these may all desert you. Doesn't it sound cool? Doesn't it sound like faith? Doesn't it sound like faith? Doesn't it sound like faith? You cannot make a faith confession over a rhema that the Lord has revealed to you. Don't, uh, don't go in the ocean today swimming. Well, Lord, you know we got one more day. This is the best day. It's a sunny day. We're go- I just Psalms 91 it. The angels will protect us. Well, you might die. The little rip current might just carry you out. All the way into the Gulf of Mexico. Why didn't the Lord protect him? He did. He told you not to go today. That's a rhema. Somebody asked me, what's the difference in a rhema and the, the leading of the Holy Ghost? Sometimes, as I've studied, not much. We call it being led, but sometimes in being led, it's a rhema from the word, and that is a leading as well. Are y'all are hear me? He said, the second time the rooster crowed, Peter called to the blind of the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord, the rhema that Jesus said unto him. All right, here's another one, John 14 and 10. John 14 and 10 says, Believest thou not that I am the Father, Father in me? The, the rhema that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwells in me, he does the work. You can also look at this one. Let's look at it for, for just because we're here. John 6, 63. Go backwards a little bit. John 6, 63. Everybody doing all right? John 6, 63. Oh, I know. Oh, I that was, that was a side thought. There you go. It is the spirit that quickens the flesh, profits nothing. The rhema that I speak to you, it's spirit and life. One more. You can handle one more. Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. I'm just trying to make this clear because I don't want anyone walking away thinking, well, uh, the word, the logos is not good enough. I'm always going to need a rhema. No. What you need is the, the logos. You can't produce a rhema. And you're going to be okay. But as you do these, as you meditate day and night, as you confess the word, confessing unto salvation, meaning this, confessing unto, it, instead of a sword coming out of your mouth, because we'll talk about that later, but right now you've got to look at it as seed is coming out of your mouth. And, and, and he says, the spirit of God quickens the flesh, profits nothing. The word I speak to you, their spirit and life. Then we're going to look at Acts chapter 11. <laughs> Acts chapter 11, verse number 12. Um, and the spirit bade me go with them, doubting nothing. This is Peter up on the rooftop, remember? He, uh, this is the time of, um, you know, Cornelius of the Italian band, that guy. Uh, um, all that's going on, right? Uh, or no, let's see, yeah. Yeah, okay. And then he said, um, and he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house who stood and said to him, uh, send men to Joppa. Yeah, because the, the call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Uh, he'll tell you words. He'll tell you rhema. He'll tell you rhema. That's what that one is. He'll tell you rhema, whereby you and your whole house will be saved. And then it goes on to tell other things. So you understand the logos is the utmost of importance. But the rhema comes as you meditate day and night. The rhema comes as you renew your mind. The rhema comes as you get knowledge. The rhema comes as you uh, read the Word of God. You, you know what? I believe in reading the Word of God. You know, I know some people say, well, don't bother reading it. You need to study. Well, it's, a, it, it's good to read. I've been reading sometimes, and I've read over something a thousand times nowadays. And then while I'm reading it this time, what happens? My eyes are flooded with light. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I never saw that before. 
Or sometimes you read it in another translation and you'll get some rhema on it. I, you need to read the Word of God. As we go through the Psalms in 90 days, don't just read it. If you read it to punch a time clock or you read it so you don't feel guilty, it's not going to do you any good. But read it on purpose. With I'm reading the, the logos of the Word of God. It's going gonna, it's gonna to minister to me, and I expect the Lord to talk to me while I'm reading it. And then you need from that reading, then you do need to study because the Bible says you need to study a workman that you can rightly divide the word of truth. So you need to do both. Can I get an amen? You need to do both. All right, so Proverbs, okay, tonight's sermon, here we go. Proverbs chapter 4. Y'all be back next week, right? Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 20. My son, my daughters. But say he's talking to me. Attend to my words, incline your ears to my saying, let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to all those that find them, health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from you a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from you. So again, we're not looking for formulas. We have a relationship with the living God who is positioning us to receive the promises of God that are yes and amen. I, in, my, in, in, learning, in, 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 in learning about faith, I'm not trying, I don't have to pry something out of God's hand. I'm not trying to get him to do something. As a matter of fact, everything the Lord's going to do for you right now is already finished. When, when you got saved, did you have to talk God into it? No, somebody maybe had to talk you into it, but you didn't have to talk God into it. Jesus didn't have to get up on the cross again. What did you do? We call it so-and-so received their salvation. Everybody say received. So I need you to be in the receiving gear when it comes to everything from God. Not, and I know sometimes people say, well, faith takes it, and I get that. But I, I, I'd read, I, like, to, I like to think about the receiving because sometimes even with take, they, they imply effort of wrestling out of the hand of God. You know, you're not, you're not, his, hand, his hand is open. Amen. Amen. It's not behind his back. You don't got to pry it out. Amen. Proverbs 4. So the first thing you see here is you got to, how, first thing you got to do is you got to incline your ears to God's saying. So we're going to talk about your heart. Because out of it flow the issues of life. So we talked about hearing. And hearing, bringing faith. Now we're going to talk about the next area that you, need, you and I need to understand so that we can receive the promises of God that are yes and amen. So faith only comes by hearing the rhema Christos of the word of God. And you need the logos. We talked about that. Now I want to deal with your heart. Because faith is of the heart. And that word heart is cardia. And we're going to get into that. So Proverbs chapter 4, I always love to look at it because it's, it, it's really in sync right here of what we need to do. So it says the first thing you're going to do, and it, we've already talked about it, incline your ears into his saying. The word of God says, remember in Mark 4, 24, Jesus said, be careful what you hear. Because, listen to me, that's not only talking about the word of God, but it, it, it's, it's talking about other things. Because if you're, if you're hearing more of other things and you're hearing the word of God, other things will put things, they will put it in your heart too. Um, Jesus said in Luke 8, 18, be careful how you hear. So what should you be hearing? Romans 10, 14 says without a preacher, how can they hear? Now everybody looks at that as salvation only, but salvation is all inclusive. I want to tell you by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to me? Are you, are, you, are you listening? Listen to this. Listen to this. This is Wednesday night. You all can take this, right? How about you start keeping track of what you're listening to? What radio shows go into your ears for an hour, two hours at a time while you sit at your desk and partially work? When you go home and you're relaxing. After your three hours of listening, I'm not talking about right, I'm not talking about left, I'm talking about right, right and left. 
whatever you're listening to. This is what the Holy Ghost said. Everybody say, I love you, Pastor Mark. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? He said to me to tell you and me, he said, um, I would like equal time. So if you listen to an hour of talk radio, that means you owe him an hour of anointed preaching that goes into your ear. And this is what he said. It's the least they could do. Junk in, junk out. Word in, word out. Well, I got to keep up to date. Somebody will do it for you. Don't worry about it. I'm not just talking to you. Because this kind of, I was like, I don't even know if I do that. Now, don't cut all that stuff off and go zero in, zero out. That won't help you either. Well, I just won't listen to anybody. No, come on. Listen, there. after you get done going through our anointed preaching and teaching, I could give you some people to listen to that I believe. I believe that Brother Keith Moore is a voice of reason in the time of insanity. He gives nothing but word, nothing but word, nothing but word. Amen. Uh, Brother Hagen's messages are really still good and all over the Internet. They're still good. I still feed on. He's still my dad. I didn't turn him in for anybody else. He's still my father in the faith. I didn't, tra- I didn't trade him in because he's not dead. And the word he preached was the word, and it's still living. Those sermons, even though, you know, the quality might not be what you're used to today, it's still the word. Amen. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Throw me in little Bill Winston on the side. Hallelujah. Because I like to get revved up. Have you ever? I love him. He starts out really slow. And then he builds like a locomotive. And by the end, you are, you are just going crazy. I mean, so that's good for me, on, like on an elliptical, because we start out slow. And then by the time me and Bill, we're going at the end, man. We're really going. Love me some Rick Renner. Because there's nothing but words that comes out of him. And he break it down, break it down, and the break it down gets broke down. So I just told you who I listened to. That would be a word to the wise. I didn't, you didn't mention my favorite. Well, as long as they're preaching the word, good. But you need to hear it. But I'm just going to be real bold with you this Wednesday night. You all love me. I mean, the first place you ought to get your food from is here. Your ma- if this is your home, as this is your home church, then this is the address that the Lord sends you your mail. You got mail. That's the old thing, you know. Okay. I'm losing some of you, but that's all right. All right. So number two of Proverbs 4, <laughs> the Bible says, let them not depart from your eyes. Right? And then, um, so again, how do, how do I get the word in my eyes? Well, I read. I study. But look at Matthew 6, 21 and 22. Matthew 6, 21 and 22. For where your trip, is that that one? Did I write it down wrong? Yeah, that's wrong. Oh, man. It's a good one, but it's not the one I want right now. No, Matthew Matthew 6, King James 21. Yeah, maybe that was right. Okay, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Okay, verse 22 is what I want. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single... Your whole body will be full of light. It's talking about eye, what you see. But if your eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee is dark, be darkness, how great is that darkness? So the point that Jesus is trying to say is the eyes, have you ever heard they're the window to your soul? The, your eyes are gates to your soul and your heart. There's three gates to your soil. Three, you've heard me say this. Three gates to your heart. Where is faith produced? In your heart. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. You, you, the only place your faith works is in your heart. It doesn't work out of your head. It works out of your heart. And your heart, when you're born again, 
Your spirit man has to be fed. What does it require? Well, at first it requires the sincere milk of the word. But if you're going to grow up, then you're going to have to put some seed in there. No one, you can get seed, you're getting seed now, you can get seed on Sunday, but just a little seed is not enough for you in the hour that you've come into to live. You need to overseed, you need to get some word in your heart. How do you do it? Seed comes from your eyes, it comes from your ears, and it comes from your mouth. Yes, there's a confession of faith, but there's a meditation, and, and this is how I do it. I never really explained it like this before because I was asking the Lord how to help me to understand it. Because So when I'm confessing, when I'm just meditating the word and I'm speaking the word like I told you last Wednesday to do, when I'm doing that and I'm not releasing my faith, but I'm receiving faith, it's seed. And I'm the best seed sower I know for me. And you're the best seed sower you know for you. And so how do, you, how do you get the logos in your heart so it'll become a rhema? This is the deal. This is what the Lord said to me. Ooh, I like this. He said to me today, he said, what do you need to come out of your mouth for it to be a, a, a double-edged sword? I said, it needs to be a distamos. It needs to be a rhema. And he said, whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. And so he said, if you'll sow a logos, I'll produce a rhema. He said to me, if you'll sow a logos, which is the seed of the word of God. In other words, we say it like this way. Sometimes when I need healing for my physical body, I sow the seed of healing, 1 Peter 2, 24, and it'll produce, it'll grow up some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. It'll produce a harvest of healing. And what else he said to me today was this. As I was meditating, listen, I was like getting so excited in my office all by myself. It was just a lot of fun. And, and I was thinking about this. I was thinking about salvation. I was thinking about, I was so glad that I got born again, and I'm so glad that I'm saved. And, and then he began to remind me, you know, uh, uh, of all that salvation is. But this is kind of the thing. I was sitting there thinking about salvation and how faith works and things. And, and let me ask you this. Have any of you ever seen the Lamb's Book of Life? Ever seen them golden streets? Now, maybe you got cut up to heaven and, luck, you know, not lucky. I've been good for you. But... But let me, let me ask you this. Is your name written there? Prove it. Prove it. Prove it. Prove it. Can you? Can you? Some of you are confused. Can you? Can you? Sure you can. It's called evidence. What's written? Is it written or not? So you have no right to believe if it's not written. But if it's written, it's as good as. It's true. Because see, when it comes to that, how many of you really believe your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Do you? You're sure it's there. Come on. Heaven's reservation only. I, I'm wondering even at the, 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 you know, the marriage supper of the lamb. I, you know, I, I saw that today too. I really got happy about this. You know, maybe it's assigned seating and I've got a name card holding my seat. I've made my reservation. My name is written down. I have evidence. And you believe that. Could anyone change your mind? And yet some things about salvation, I don't know about you, but I remember when I, even when I got filled with the Holy Ghost and came back to the Lord and I was so excited, but I began to put the word of God, hear the word of God for the first time, put it in my heart. And you know, um, in some things in my life, I was instantaneous delivered. I was set free, no longer suicidal. I, I began to do things. I mean, I, I, I began to change. Did you all, did, after you got born again or came back to the Lord, got filled with the Holy Ghost and started hearing the real word, did you change? But was it a process or did it happen overnight? And see, we're okay with that, aren't we? Why aren't you okay with the rest of it being a process? Why, why aren't you okay that healing sometimes is a process? Why aren't you okay that financial blessing is sometimes a process? Why aren't you okay that sometimes you grow in peace? You grow in joy. 
Why aren't you okay with it? See, everything else we want instantaneous, but our salvation, which we cannot see, we're okay with everybody growing up. How do they grow up? Because they put seed in themselves. Because they keep hearing it. Because they keep seeing it. And it produces a harvest. Everything works that way. Are you grateful for instantaneous healings? Yeah, when Annie comes by, I don't know what you all felt when Christopher Alum, I can't say it, Christopher Alum was here, but I was over there having me a time because I felt that, that anointing that he walks in in them crusades. I saw a wave of the Holy Ghost go by. I love the instantaneous. By the way, if anyone got healed or anything happened instantaneous, give us a testimony. He would love to hear that. And that's great. But even he talked about some things that were processes. See, when it's not instantaneous, we let go of the process. Yet salvation, we hold on to of the process because we know it's a process. But everything else, if it doesn't happen right now, we let it go. And so it's not that you didn't have faith. You let go of your faith. I let go of my faith because I want it right now. I like the right now. Aren't you glad the Lord does some things right now? Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? So what are, we, what are we doing? So it's faith is of the cardia. Oh, i got to let you go, but I don't want to let you go. Faith is of the cardia, right? Faith is of the cardia. And, and, and how do you get it? Through your eyes, through your ears, and through your mouth. The Bible talks so much about words. How many of you know this could be your greatest destroyer? But what I want to I caution you of is this. If you'll change your thinking about, because, see, there's a confession of faith. That's the double-edged sword. That's the distamos, that he say, we say. But there's also, this is a seed sower. And when I sow this seed, what a, so, I can, so I can get all three gates working at the same time. I can be reading something. I can read it out loud. See, I can see it with my eyes. I can read it out loud. My mouth's working. My ear's working. My eye's working. That's the best. All gates open. That's the quickest way to get it. And so that's you self-feeding by reading the Word of God, by studying the Word of God. When the preacher is preaching, that's the anointed Word of God. That's you taking notes. That's you following along. That's you uh, um, being fully engaged. Now, what won't work is you becoming an echo instead of a voice. In other words, well, I'm going to confess it a thousand times, and then God has to give it to me. No, that's works. You're, you're hijacking the truth of the word of God, and you're putting a formula to something, and it won't work. Now, if you confess it a thousand times because you're sowing seed, and you're believing what you're saying, and you're mixing faith with it, and you're learning, and you're understanding, then one of those times, that's going to turn into a two-edged sword. It's going to turn into a distamos. Right? But see yourself sowing seed. See yourself sowing seed, all right? And we'll just leave it here because we're talking about, um, well, maybe, okay, four kinds of soil. So that's kind of where we're going, that's where we're going next, I think. Four kinds of soil. Because, see, this is what other people don't understand. Because everybody can hear the word of God, hear the anointed word of God, and faith comes. Listen. Don't try to be God because you can't. You can't make it happen. Quit trying to be God. You are not the Holy Ghost. And you are no one else's Holy Ghost. No matter how hard you try. You can't perform it. You can't make it happen. Yes, Lord, I know. Hallelujah. Oh, I've tried to make it happen for some of you. Yes, you can pray for people. You can believe with them. You can agree with them. You can release your faith for them, and that's good, and that's right, and you need to do that. You, need to, you can allow the Holy Ghost to flow through you. But really, when it comes to living by faith, you're going to have to do that for you. Your mama can't do it. Brother Hagen can't do it. Nobody can do it for you. And, 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 yet, and then there's areas of faith. Let me just say this. There's areas of faith that some of you have to give yourself more to than others. Why is it somebody, this part of the word of God is easy and they just walk in it and they think everybody else should be able to walk. But everybody has, is different levels, different places, even in your own faith. You're different levels, different places, different areas of your life. But listen, there's four kinds of stone. Same word heard by all four, different results. See, that's what people don't understand. And the, your heart 
Your cardia, that's all up to you. It's all up to you. God can't even do it. Well, God, clean out my heart. Well, you're going to find out that's not a, I mean, he can help you. He can point things out. But you're the one that has to deal with the heart. What are the four kinds of soil? Wayside soil. That, if you look at it modernly, would be you throwing seed, good seed, on a sidewalk and expecting something to happen. I'm not talking about the cracks. And even the cracks, you know, that's not going to, be, that's not going to produce anything. Number two, stony ground. That's a little bit of soil, but some big boulders. And there's not much soil for it to take hold of. Number three is thorny, or we, I would call it weedy soil. And so that one is where I think most people who hear the word that don't get results, that's where they live, soil number three. You know, it's kind of like um, there's all kinds of soil. Where I'm from up in Illinois, you can drive one part just where I am, but you can drive 30 minutes north, and that soil is dark and rich, and it produces bumper crops. You can tell by the minerals that are in that soil. Now, we can try to grow the same things in Alabama that they grow up there and produce them massively, and it will not grow in this old clay. It just won't. It can only produce certain things. I, I, I love me some tomatoes, but the, and I love me some sweet corn, and it's good down here, but it's way better from up where I'm from. It is sweeter. It is richer. That, what did that? Same seed, different soil. If we want to walk by faith, there's our part. I want to be, and how many of you know we want to be soil number four? What is that? He just calls it good. He just calls it good. And that's the only soil that produces 30, 60, and 100 fold. Listen, you know, I know people take up offerings. Well, you give into this offering, and you're going to get a 30, 60, or 100 fold. You can't promise nobody that because you don't know their heart. Because only the heart, it's not the finances that produce some 30, some 60, 100 fold. It's not the money. It's your heart, what you believe, and what you did. Your heart. And so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going, to, we're going to tear it apart a little bit. Because if we can identify where we're at, if we can see how it works, and we're, since we're taking our time, we're just, we're just going through it, if you'll see that, it'll give you some compassion for other people. You know, I heard one preacher say, some of you heard me say this, I was in a, he's a, he was not a pastor. No way, no shape, no form, no fashion. As a matter of fact, he was kind of rude. But anyway, uh, but he was anointed. And so, but anyway, I remember him saying one service, he said, I only want to preach to the good soil. Well, then that's three quarters that you don't care nothing about. And at one time, I was soil number one. I'm glad somebody cared about me. Um, I've been soil number two. Seasons in my life, I've, yeah, and you have too, lived in soil number three. Frustrating. Why is it frustrating? No fruit comes to full fruition. You know what the word says. You've renewed your mind, but there you, things get in there and no fruit comes to full fruition. So we're going to work on being soil number four. Amen. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the rhema, rhema Christos and your cardia, which means just means the center of you, like a water, the, the heart of a watermelon, which is the best place to eat and the only place I like to eat, but my wife won't let me eat. Hallelujah. She wants me to eat the whole thing. When we first got married because we didn't buy the little things. We bought the whole thing. We cut it in half, and then we'd, put, we'd go in, and I'd eat the center out of it and then put tinfoil over it. And I was like expecting her not to be mad because I ate the best part out of both sides. It's just wrong. I've been broke. I've been, I've been broke. I've been trained. It's just rude. It's unmannerly. But it is a good, you know what the heart is now. It's the center of you. Really, it's the container of not only your spirit but your soul. And that's why it takes the word of God to divide it. But really out of your heart, the spirit man is where you believe. 
We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org, check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.